Welcome to the False Neutral. This is episode 59. The gang is back together and... Well, that's another story entirely that we'll probably be getting to shortly. Um, our pre-production meeting is, we'll figure it out when we start rolling, although we do have a few things to, to talk about. Joining us this week is the is the whole gang, uh, Garrett and Pete. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Good evening. Good morning, if you're listening to this in the morning. And if you're on the other side of the world, uh, hello next day. Um so yeah, episode fifty nine, and uh, we've got a few things to talk about. Uh, number one, I guess, is what the show is going to be going forward. Um, this has always been kind of a interesting thing, and it's going to continue. Although, probably we're not sure s- exactly how. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> going to end up sounding a little different just because uh, over the next several months so i guess pete you're uh, you've been the ringleader since the start and have put most of the work into the show but let's be fair show, he's put all of the work all of the work show. into the show fair point <laughs> well uh, just to give you an idea our our episode with uh, steve ledgem went live at three o'clock this morning i got it uploaded uh approximately 90 minutes before it went up and uh, I got about four hours of sleep before I needed to go to my regular day job and I am I am unlike you know Steve Glucker or Bradley Brownell this is not my career this is strictly a diversion and right now in my life uh, my Mother-in-law is uh, 86. She's requiring more and more attention. She, she's got a, a whole laundry list of, of health concerns and needs, and my wife and I are her primary backup. My dad is uh, 88, and he, about 18 months ago, uh, he's, he became a novelist in his retirement and he said that he wanted to uh, collaborate on a novel with me and sent me a rough draft about 18 months ago that I have not done a thing with. And every time he calls, he says, Hey, have you looked at that yet? Have you done anything with it yet? My day job has gotten more involved and more difficult lately. And so uh, I'm, I'm taking the long way around to say that, that uh, as of tomorrow, I am no longer going to be show running or a host, and I'm going to start my my new position as the false neutral's biggest fan. <laughs> and I'm going to turn kind of uh, ownership of the show over to Eric for him to do whatever he wants with. Uh, we've built up a great fan base. We have a lot of listeners. Just today, we uh, passed 100 likes on our Facebook page. We are... Currently ranked, I just checked today, 103, uh, 103rd in the list of automotive podcasts on uh, iTunes, within striking distance of Camden Tubbed, <laughs> which we've, we've bounced over the last 15 months above and below them several times. But when we're above them, we're barely above them, and when we're below them, we're way below them. So <laughs> they're still much bigger than we are. So, yeah, I'm going to be stepping away and, and turning this over to Eric and letting him uh, work with Jeff Glucker and decide what they want to do going forward because you just get to a point in life where you you get tired of running. And I have been 
this takes a good couple of hours, two or three nights a week, every week to do. And when you find yourself telling other people that you care about, no, I can't help you with this. No, I I, I can't go do this with my wife because I'm going to either record a podcast, edit a podcast, write the Hooniverse post and go find pictures for the podcast. When you're doing all that over and over every week, you finally say it, it's time to stop running. Because yeah, it's not like we're making money on this thing. <laughs> no. And, and for a lot of people, you know, uh, this is how they network. They're connecting with people that uh, they're involved in the industry with. And because of all that, it makes sense from a business perspective to put in the effort. I will tell you that no nobody does this day in and day out because it makes good practical sense. You have to do it because you love it and it there's a certain point where what you do for a hobby becomes work and it's time to hand it to somebody else who isn't going to have a negative attitude about it. And I love this and I've enjoyed every part of it. But when you start thinking, oh man, I got to do this. Well, if it's not, I want to do this, I get to do this. It turns into, I have to do this. Then, it, then it's time to think about making a change. Yeah. So it's just the evolution of the show and it'll continue and we'll change it up a little bit. And then get to have the occasional guest, Pete, on the show. <laughs> well, you know, this is another thing I thought about is if after after 15 months, I pretty much said as much about Motor Marinis and Bull Tacos as I can. You know, you can only talk about those two obscure brands so often. And, Garrett, you didn't want to buy the CF Moto, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out of ammunition anyways. How do you know I didn't? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then Garrett, your life's getting a little great. We'll be ramping up to well, be ridiculous yeah. in months too. So yeah, my wife she goes back to work from maternity leave tomorrow, which leaves me with a newborn, well, a four month old, a two year old, a uh, full time school schedule, and you know I haven't mentioned it before, but I have a dad who was diagnosed with brain cancer about a year ago, who is doing okay, but it's a terminal diagnosis, and so you know there's always that and. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it's a busy life. So one of, so. One of the things I want to do is uh, when this goes live, um, as you see this on Hooniverse, in the comments section, uh, I'm going to look for some feedback there. We'll post some stuff on our Facebook page as well. But <clears throat> want to see, at least from our fans, um, what direction you would like us to see, because it is going to change, because Pete has steered the ship, and it's been a certain way, and Garrett and I have different takes on life and the world and bikes and everything so it naturally is going to steer a little bit but definitely would be looking for some input as to what parts of the show you like best what parts that maybe you'd like us to see that we haven't talked about so you know i think garrett and i would end up talking about racing half the time whether it's dirt bikes yeah. or street bikes and i know that's not the direction we really need to go but you know it's it's sort of the well that'd be easy let's just do that so but <laughs> i don't want to necessarily do what's easy i want to do what's going to uh, keep the fans happy and continue to grow the grow the audience. So, um, all right. So, on that note, let's circle into some old business and something that's uh, been holding back for a couple of weeks. Garrett, you sold one bike. Did you end up selling the Honda I, as well? I sold two bikes. Remember, oh, I sold the 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 seventy four TX seven fifty and then the Supermoto that right. I had. And then you, um, the you Hon- were talking about selling the Nighthawk, right? Yeah, the Nighthawk. Um, I'm going to list it. I just haven't 
quite come up with the time to do it, but it is it's going to be sold and somebody's going to get a good motorcycle. But last time well last time we had spoken, I had made the purchase, but I haven't mentioned that to either of you what I bought. And as the listeners might remember, we had a $6,000 challenge where I had sold those two bikes, come up with some cash, and I wanted to buy something newer and less maintenance and everything else. And so I was leaning towards uh, something sporty, but something fuel-injected. And I was I was thinking, I, I was almost certain that I would buy an R1 and put some uh, more upright bars on it. Uh, that didn't happen. And almost immediately after we had uh, talked about it, I think either I or maybe one of you posted again how cheap Buells are. I did not buy a Buell, but you. <laughs> I was going to not... say as as much as you you <laughs> had been there, done that. I would be surprised if you had. You have no idea how close I was. <laughs> Old, older, the original Buell or the no, the new eleven ninety. Oh, well, wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, as a, so I, not, not to take a okay. Right, and I, not, not, I thought, go ahead, Pete. I thought, I thought, buying a Suzuki Kazashi was was <laughs> really rolling the dice on resale and parts and everything. That would have been really <laughs> high stakes so, stakes gambling. I'm going to tell you right now. I had decided I was buying a Buell, and that was S- it. SX I had or, found the bike. SX or RX. Uh, the SX, nice. the the upright, yeah, the upright one, yeah, kind so, of version. So not yep. to go down a rat hole on that one exactly, but it was funny because this morning on the Aprilia forum board, um, Micah, who used to run the service department in the Dino shop, made a comment that before they moved the shop from where I can't remember the name of the town it was off the top of my head right now up to Austin and moved the Dino, the last, uh, the 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 biggest, the, the, I'm sorry, the highest horsepower and torque bike stock mm-hmm. that he'd ever put on his dyno was a buell rx 1190rx yeah and when you uh look at some of the different magazine reviews of the bike they have said the same thing when tested against the ktm super duke tested against the rsv4 rr tested against r1s and and all the rest of the big heavy hitters the buell made more power and quite a bit more torque than the rest of them did I mean, Buell's claim is 102 foot-pounds of torque out of that motor. I mean, that is just absolutely vicious. And although they don't say it's a Rotax motor now because they, quote, redesigned and and replaced 80% of the components, it really is a Rotax motor. They bought the rights to it. They increased the bore. They uh, just made it a little bit bigger. But from everything that I can find out, it is really a fantastic motorcycle for what it is and a really reliable uh, power plant and the rest of it. So I, I had decided find a Buell. So this was on a Friday and a uh, Friday night I emailed four dealerships. There was one in California, two in Wisconsin where Buell's from and one in Georgia. And I was going to buy whichever one I could get cheapest. The prices ranged from, please, 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 please call us because we want to talk about selling it to about $82 or $8,400 is what they wanted. And so uh, there was one in Georgia for $7,400. I got a quote for $400 to have it shipped here. And we're talking brand new on the showroom floor. Wow. And and so 
Sunday, though, this, this is what happened. So Friday, I sent all those emails. It was a weekend, so I didn't hear anything back. Sunday, I was I was looking around on Craigslist, and I found a post for a motorcycle. No pictures. But it it appeared to be an older man selling an FZ1 with 6,000 miles on it, uh, 2008. Um, original owner, bought it new, quite a few little things that came with it. And it just felt like, I got to go look at this bike. There were no pictures. So I had no idea what condition it, it was in. But original owner purchased it locally. And so I went and looked at it on a Sunday and, and ended up buying it. So I am the proud owner of a uh, new-to-me 2008 FC1. I'll here get a picture of it so you guys can see. He was asking $5,200 for it. And I ended up buying it for a bit, little bit less. And he hadn't ridden it in about two years uh, it had just kind of been sitting, but like maintained, so it doesn't need anything. So I guess that's not, that's not a as surprising to you as a Buell would have been. That was definitely <laughs> on your high on your short list to to circle back to. Yeah, and 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 as I had mentioned last time we talked, I'd had a little bit of buyer's regret. Yeah, I just want to so you guys can know what it looks like the one that I bought. I'm going to. And, throw and here's this the question: here. What's the over/under on length of stay in your garage? <laughs> That's a good question. I wouldn't expect that I'll have this any longer than I have had any other motorcycle. Which <laughs> I suppose the average duration of ownership in my shop is probably eight months. Wow. I think I'll probably have this one longer, but I wouldn't count a Buell out in the next short amount of time. Um, I gotta say, this is a good-looking bike. It's it's essentially all black with it's got looks like it, I'm sure. Well, it's got Olean's, although well Yamaha owns Olean, so but it's probably not Olean's. But uh, it's got that look on the front fork to the gold and kind of gold-colored wheels, aftermarket pipe. This is a it's a good-looking. Yeah, bike. all right. And, and so just to be just for my my ignorance is shown here. Uh, FZ one. Mm-hmm doesn't have the fairing is it like an fc1s is the is the half fared version in the u.s they only had the fc1 which had the front fairing it's a cop it's a popular yeah, thing to a- do to to convert it and so that's what this is basically the owner bought all of the factory yamaha parts for the european fc1n and converted it to i have to say this looks a whole lot better than the one with the fairing mm-hmm. you know i i don't disagree with you but I really and and he sold the fair. He this is a 2008, and he did this conversion right when he bought it. He basically he went from an FZ6, traded it in, bought this, uh, and then wanted to do the whole naked front end swap. So that's what he did, and he sold the front fairing. I was really hoping to find a bike with the front fairing on it, just because I want to do some touring. But I'm kind of with you, Pete. I do like the aesthetics of this. Not he because added... not because I I like naked bikes or I don't like half fared bikes I actually do, but that was one butt ugly fairing. Yeah, yeah. It has the rear seat cowl on it, which is a really expensive thing to purchase. This isn't a factory one. It's uh, from a company called Copper Dog, and they come all color matched and and they're they're not cheap. Also, it has a Corbin seat, which I'll have to say I would rather sit on an old two by four than this Corbin C. It is the worst. It is hard as a rock. 
And also the seating surface is like an ice cube. I just, it's so slippery. Interesting, because Corbin usually makes really good seats. Uh, this, this is just the worst seat. I can't imagine the factory seat could be half as bad as this one is. So um, it absolutely has to go. It does have a slip-on exhaust on it. It has a brand new lithium battery, and it, it came with the lithium uh, battery-specific battery charger mm. because those require a little bit uh, different battery charger. Yep. And then there is, like, he gave me his helmet. The guy had decided he's done riding motorcycles, so he gave me basically everything that he had. He had a helmet comm. He had a bunch of riding gear, which I didn't take because I didn't want it. But just kind of a whole bunch of stuff. It has brand new tires on it. Um, like, I mean, like brand new. It hasn't been ridden since I got installed. Wow. And so, yeah, I just, I had to jump on it just because it's, it's not often that you find a one owner bike with, you know, 6,000 miles that's nine years old. And, that's, and the guy is about 75 years old. He really didn't ride it hard. That's, um, and that's the flat plane crank? two engine no 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 okay. this one's not okay. in fact in the fcs they never did the flat plane crank until the fc10 okay. this this is basically the 2004 to 6 r1 motor with lower lift camshafts a little bit heavier crankshaft mid-range uh, geared, for, geared for mid-range or tuned for mid-range yeah. yeah yeah which is perfect for that bike yeah so now i had talked about having some buyer's regret and and this came so i bought it on sunday well I take it back. I left a deposit on Sunday because the banks were closed and I couldn't get all the cash out. So I had told the guy that I want to test ride it before I actually give you the cash to buy it. And when I was on my way on Monday to pick it up, I decided, you know what? It's a one owner bike, 6,000 miles. It's really clean. I don't need to test ride it. And I got it home, went for a ride, and it wasn't it wasn't engaging gears shifting down like, you know, from six to fifth to fourth it, it, periodically. It wouldn't catch the gear. It'd just be like, there's nothing there. And I was livid. I mean, I was so upset. I just thought this guy catfished me. <laughs> and so I just brought it home, parked it and noticed that the foot pegs were you could move them a lot. In fact, on my ride, I thought that the foot peg was about to fall off. The rubber-mounted foot pegs, and and people with FC1s complain about them just moving too much. So there's this common modification that people do to kind of tighten them up by putting some different washers on it. And and the owner had tried to do that, but in his attempts made it worse. So they were like they moved just way too much. And so um, I fixed that. So the foot pegs are are solid. I adjusted the shift linkage. Also. Uh, address the the chain was way too tight on it and a couple other little things and so I basically just went through uh, that and now it it everything works just the way that it should so no more buyer's regret it just needed some some quick and minor adjustments now the next so. question is is did any of those dealerships get back to you with some pricing on the on the beautiful? oh I you know what for the let's see so they started calling me back last Monday it was and each dealership would call me at least three times a day <laughs> and, and i <laughs> i uh i don't even want to know now what i could buy one for <laughs> because i think that i would be too tempted to end up buying one uh but i have reason to believe that a buell could be purchased 
very cheaply. But here's the good news, is my friend who has the Aprilia and the FC09, he, like, I was looking at these FC09, or the, the Buells with him, and he got really into them. And now, is this the same guy that has the Tuano and the yeah, yeah. and the F yep, nine? <laughs> I think You're he decided he's going to buy one. So, <laughs> so I would think probably in the next few weeks, perhaps there could be an eleven ninety uh, Buell and around the neighborhood. So, so we'll see. He might buy one. In, in your case, in your garage that you get to ride, even though you didn't buy it. Well, yeah, he. He doesn't have a garage big enough for all of his motorcycles, and so it kind of overflows into mine. And I don't have a garage big enough for all of mine and his motorcycles, but uh, I don't know if it's a if it's an EBR eleven ninety, I could make room for it. I buy, just you have to buy one of those uh, Ben Pack stacker three three level stackers yeah, like they no, use for cars, no and just put <laughs> put platforms yep. on it so you can put bikes on it. Yeah, um, I do a fair amount of hobby CAD design and, and metal forming and, and mechanical engineering stuff. And so I had thought about making a rack system in my garage where I could stack motorcycles up. But I figured if you're at that point, you know, when we had our episode a few weeks back, like what's too many motorcycles when you're having to buy shelves for them all, you have too many motorcycles. <laughs> Either that or you own the Barber Museum. Right. Yeah. No kidding. Which uh, I, I got to ask somebody. I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, I was just going to say the, the EBRs, I am actually really excited. I, I really do want to own one or at least ride one, which is difficult because there's no EBR dealerships within 800 miles of me. But after I got to looking at them, just the power that they make and they seem to be a little bit edgy compared to some things like a Tuano. The Tuano is really refined and People talk about the EBRs as being unapologetically unrefined. I like the idea of them, and I, and I think that they look fantastic, especially compared to the 1125Rs. Those were yeah. just absolutely atrocious looking. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if this FC01 or this FC1 just gets some miles on it and maybe gets replaced with the EBR sometime in the next year or so. There is someone around me who has uh, an 1190RX, and mm-hmm. I remember last summer on one of the surface main surface roads, seeing a bike and like, what the hell is that? What the hell is that? And then as it went, as we were going by each other, it had to sound. And I'm like, holy crap, that sounds good. And I'm like, the yeah. hell? and it took me to like, he was gone. Like that was, that was a 1190 RX. Uh, you know, just, yeah. you know, just, it's an odd they, they do look really good. And that, that huge displacement V twin. Oh, it, I'm sure it just sounds great. Actually, there, and I just in, on that Aprilia board, um, there's a guy who's going to be. I think he's racing one, uh, as club racing at one, and he put like a, it, it was on there because he put a uh, either a Tuano or a, a RSV4 front end on it. Uh, but yeah. he lives like six miles from me. I need to ping him on that and say, "Hey." Yeah, on YouTube, there. I think it's the uh, the Superbike series that they do here. There is a video of somebody riding a Buell and somebody riding a GSXR, and it has to be the greatest last few laps of a race I have ever seen. Um, if you just type in Buell uh, Superbike Racing, you'll find it. But in the last few laps, there must be, and, and and these people are actually racing for second place. 
they'll exchange places three or four times in each turn for every lap for the last few laps of this race. And it is the most wild race. It's a pretty cool uh, last few laps. And, and it's definitely worth watching. I mean, both of them are just battling it out. And it's funny because the, the commentators and the camera, they don't care about first place because first place is like four or five seconds ahead. Only thing they're concerned about is this battle for second place because it is absolutely crazy. It's the one? Okay. It's a brilliant race. Definitely a worthwhile watch. Uh, I'm gonna guess that's from World World Superbike. Well, no, it can't be. Mm -hmm. No, that's AMA Racing. That's old. That's yeah. AMA Racing because that's Danny. I can see on the on the thumb thumbnail that it's Danny Eslick. So yeah, that's AMA. yeah. I don't think he raced World Superbike for Buell. Who knows? Anyways. Yeah. So I bought an FC one. Yeah, and then Pete tempted me this week, even though I don't have two nickels to rub together right now. <laughs> the basement's being finished. <laughs> Talk about sticker shock. No, actually, I wasn't. It wasn't that. I don't know what it eventually sold for, but actually, I probably can. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah I'll go, I'll, uh, there's the you, eBay link right there. So, so Pete throws up in our in our Slack chat. Oh, there's still four days left. Okay. Um, a 1984 Yamaha RZ500 with uh, it's in it's in BC. I think it's. Um, converts to, it's like 1700 kilometers or 2015 2015 original kilometers on the bike i mean it looks showroom factory fresh and with four days as we record this four days and 23 hours left sixteen thousand six hundred dollars has it and it has not met reserve right correct i'm guessing the reserve on that's 20 grand us so wow um What's the sale price going to be? You think it'll? If I don't think it's if he wants twenty grand, I don't think it'll meet reserve. I think it'll probably yeah. be about seventeen, eighteen, because it's a rare bike. But if you're buying it at that price with that few miles, that means that you just want to collect it and put it in a, you know, in the garage to look at it. You're not going to ride it because yeah. there's so few miles on it. You can buy a nice rideable one for nine to eleven. Hmm. You know, there are very few of us who have limitless money to throw at things just to collect them. Mm -hmm. But you only need one guy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and that bike is the kind of thing that will attract one guy yep. who's just going to be like, I don't care how much it is. I want to, you know. And, and and ten years ago, or. 10, 12 years ago, I had dreams of hat with my, well, more than that now, because when I had it early, late, late 90s, 2000s, I had dreams of having the three, which would be the the Yamaha Z500, the Suzuki RG500, and then the Honda NSR 400, or the NS400, NSR, NS, whatever it was, the 400, the triple, because they sold those, they sold a bunch of those in Canada, and at, at one point, they were, you could get one of those for about five grand. The the NSR was the race replica. The NS four hundred was was yeah. was the triple was the well no the N, NSR was a was a triple as well. The NS was the didn't have the full body work. I thought. Okay. Um, I'll I'll uh, I'll look it up and I'll put the put the pictures in there. But yeah, they sold a street replica four hundred cc triple replica. So cool bike. I know a few people in Canada or a couple of people I know in Canada had one. They're like, yeah, it was a cool bike. Compared to the other it, two, not as much, but it was still a cool bike. 
Yeah, it didn't have that that ferocious make grown men cry uh, kind of thing that uh, the other two had. Yeah, both the both the the fours were they were rotary induction. They 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 just kicked harder. And quite honestly, I'm realizing I'm not sure what the difference is between an NS 400R and an NS R 400. I think the street bike was the NS 400R. NS NSR 400 was their was their factory race bike that it was the replica of. Yes, NS 400R was the street bike. Yep, that's that's correct. And this one I'm looking at here is in Rothman's Honda colors, but I think most of them that made their way into Canada were more. Maybe that's what they were. I was thinking they were traditional Honda red, white, and blue, but um, I could be wrong on that. So, well, they had a a, a real nice, yeah, the kind of like the interceptors, a, a, a red, white, and blue with the kind of a faux number patch, uh, yep, you know, like number plate on the side that was that was a fake. Yep, exactly. That's that's the one. In fact, I just found an image of it, which I will drop in our chat here. For- Later reference. Oh, and Pete found the same <laughs> image. Not quite, but close enough. <laughs> close enough makes no difference. So, so yeah, they were uh, they're cool. And uh, I have to see if I can find some sounds or videos on the internet and rip the sound uh, rip rip the sounds off and throw them in here just for giggles. Uh, don't count on it. <laughs> if you're hearing it in here, I, I was able to see? do it. And if you didn't, well, guess what. <laughs> That that is that is the reason why this rapidly becomes holy. I spent ten hours in one week putting this together. People are like, "Oh, what? How long does it take to put together a podcast? You, know, you record it for for forty five minutes. Maybe you listen through it through once when you upload it, and you're done." And it's like <laughs> it. There's a whole lot of scope creep that goes on if you, if you want to do it really well. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And then. And... Speaking of that, yeah, uh, no, you guys go ahead. Last week, you guys kind of are aware of it because you were listening live. I was really disappointed that that the audio quality wasn't better on uh, Steve Ledgem's transmission because I thought it was such a great conversation, and I'm and I'm I kind of have a a, a little bro crush on him. I really wanted to make sure people could understand what he was saying because his his British accent is somewhat. Uh, noticeable, distinct, and yeah, uh, and the quality of his microphone is more distinct. <laughs> well, and, and, <laughs> that's, and, that's, and that's what I'm realizing. Advice to anyone anywhere: you can have a five thousand dollar laptop, a twenty four ninety five Nady USB microphone is going to have worlds better sound quality than your built in mic. Yes. So. Yeah, and we had all talked about in the future perhaps just mailing a decent and expensive USB mic to our guests, just so at least they have something that can produce marginally good audio yeah, rather than the... Do you have a USB headset or a USB <laughs> thing that yeah. you, you use your phone that you could connect to your laptop? Please? Yeah, anything and, other than a webcam. And and in, in uh, even, even the built-in mic in a like a uh, some of the Logitech webcams that have built-in mics, at least they're not going to be in the same enclosure with your hard drive and your and your fan as they're whirring. <laughs> uh, Pete, one of my uh, friends out in California, he uh, he had a pretty big off a number of years ago, um, and he's got rods in his back and stuff. So I don't he's not he hasn't ridden in years, 
but right before it, he had bought a Can-Am Spider. Or no, it was right after it he bought the Can-Am Spider because he thought, well, this is the only way I'm going to ride. And he's older uh, older than both of us. He's early 60s, but he has two kids because he married someone 20 years his junior, <laughs> and she wanted kids. So, But he's got that up for sale. So if you know anyone who needs a Can-Am Spider, because you know that crew, I friend of mine out in Walnut Creek, California, it probably has, I bet you it doesn't even have 2,000 miles on it. Oh, wow. it's too bad. I just bought my FC1. <laughs> Not that I'd be looking for one of those. Yeah. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> That's an acquired taste. Well, considering this may be my last chance, uh, I will make a I will make Smack. a final final plug for SmackDab. Uh, we're a little over a month away. Uh, we've got 70-some riders signed up wow. and several people who said, yeah, I'm not going to pre-register. I'll just show up that morning if I can. Uh, so it should be a, it should be a, a big deal. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how that turned out, considering we had 15 the first year and five the second year. This is a – and this all being driven by Facebook people sharing it with their friends on Facebook. Hey, have you seen this? And uh, that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, it started out on ADV Rider, and most of those guys are like, you know, driving adventure bikes. The idea of driving on straight pavement for <laughs> 16 hours, it, it wasn't the ideal vehicle for trying to promote this to people who, who wanted to do it. So, so I will just remind everybody, if you are got nothing to do the 24th of June and you want to take a, a trip there are worse places to go than uh lebanon kansas <laughs> definitely and we'll keep plugging that as well um it's funny you mentioned that uh adv bikes because in the last week i've watched two different videos uh that had the new africa twin in it um one was from uh motorcycle.com which they rode a uh the ktm 1090 versus the africa twin and then the other one was um, last name Harry Harry en- Harry Enfield is what I want to say, but that's not his right. Thing. He used to be the he's one of the founders of Evo Magazine, and he's got his own YouTube channel called Harry's Garage. And he's got if you like European stuff, he's got it. Plus, he's a big motorcycle guy too, and he has like nine different Dakar replica bikes from the from like the eighties period. Mm. Uh, he has two six fifty Africa twins, uh, two street bikes, and one ex-customer race bike so anyways he and like his son and someone else took two of the 650s and the new uh africa twin uh with the dct and then rode um in spain on these like literally the crest of these roads dirt roads that are on the edge of a mountain and would go into like a town for the night to stay at a hotel and it was it's like a 25 that was a 25 minute video that was well worth watching it was pretty cool and then the one from motorcycle.com again that's like another 25 minute video and it was just kind of cool because they're out in the desert in nevada wfo at like a buck 25 on both bikes (laughs) (laughs) it's just crazy but uh, it was a really good conversation of just like how good and how evenly matched the KTM and the and the Honda are. It was it was, yeah. it was pretty cool. Uh, definitely, I'll uh, if I remember, I'll put those links in in the show notes as well. See, and again, this is why this takes so much time. You're going to have to listen all the way through this just to figure out all the things that you promised you were going to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's like that's like a 45 minute thing of just figuring out. Uh, Oh yeah, I said I was going to do that. Oh yeah, I wanted a picture of that, and I I have tried several times to take 
very detailed notes while we're talking. But when you're having a conversation, it's very easy to to not make all those notes. I'm actually scribbling that down as uh, as we're doing that, <laughs> just to make sure with uh, with not quite a timestamp, but close enough as as makes no difference. Um, I guess the last thing I should we should touch on uh, was a bit of news. Um, Harley Davidson announced that they were going to be doing a hundred models in over the next ten years. Now Harley Davidson calling it a new model. Let's be honest. I, it was exactly the, my thought. The FX QB HSR is the same as the FB QH. You, except this one is all chrome rather than all black, and they're calling that a model. That said, what they did say, what the hidden little gem in that is, is that it sounds like they are going to be bringing out a production version of the Livewire in the next two to three years, which, hallelujah, (laughs) they need to do something like that. Yeah, and and quite honestly, it's the announcement made it, feel like they were recycling old information because they really didn't commit to anything other than yeah we're gonna do that yeah without anything that made it feel any more any more concrete than it had been in the past yeah because they they said they said when it came out in a while though that's the whole thing right 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 in a dead zone for like two after all the excitement three years ago when they brought that out and toured the country with it and everyone's like, this is cool. Yes, this is the next thing for Harley Davidson. Absolutely. And then they went dead silent. Uh, speaking of, of, of other vague, vague, deliberate hints and rumors, I read online that one of the like PR and marketing and product sales people from Kawasaki's Indonesian subsidiary or distributor I'm not sure if it was actually a Kawasaki employee or not, or somebody that was, you know, their national distributor somewhere came out and said that he could verify that Kawasaki was in his terms, seriously considering coming out with a four cylinder 250 again to compete with the CBR 250 R and the Yamaha R25 that they they're considering a four cylinder, which has uh, four cylinder 250s have been extinct pretty much since uh, Japan did away with their really stringent tiered licensing protocol that stuck most people on 250s or less, and that would be really a very gutsy, risky move. But I would be personally really excited if something like that did happen. Garrett, this mm. one, this one you'll like too. Uh, press release last night, this morning, KTM announced they are doing the fuel injected uh, 250 two-stroke right. dirt bike. Yep, I heard about that not long ago. Um, at, w- at which point and... I'm saying like street bike, street bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, put, put it's, it's a cool move. Frame, please. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, it's a neat move. Uh, the two strokes are still really popular, um, and so they had to do something in order to meet emissions requirements. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it is pretty cool. I'm excited about it. Well, that uh, I think that's probably a good place to uh, to wrap up this episode. Next week, likely we will not have another episode because obviously, as Pete said, he's busy. Garrett's uh, going to be busy with uh, his kids and readjusting to the new schedule, and I am going to be off at Elkhart Lake. 
uh, for the uh, Mama Spring Rally, where I get to drive cars around Road America's road course and Ooh. occasional. And then they've got an off-road course inside for a couple of the trucks they're going to have there as well. So, um, so yeah, just because of schedules, we're probably not going to be able to do uh, for something for next week. And uh, but we'll be back after that. I'll be Garrett myself, and then we'll see about uh, getting getting some guests. And uh, Pete, we're gonna you definitely anytime you want to come back on. Just uh, well, you're I'll, more, I'll you're more than welcome. Obviously. My plan my plan is to spend my time if I can working on my own bikes and come back when I've got some the Boltakenstein or at least the Honda up and running and roadworthy, and I ride somewhere worth talking about. So, well, you yeah. have to, we'll definitely have to have you back on after SmackDown. That sounds great. Yes. And uh, I would just like to take a minute and thank you guys for participating in the last 15 months and 59 episodes with me. I'd like to thank Jeff Glucker for allowing us to kind of use Hooniverse's weight to get some promotion and get some people listening to us and kind of hang out under their umbrella. And uh, I would like to thank all the guests that I got to meet through this from, you know, uh, Steve Ledgem, Mark Atkinson, uh, Abi Eswarapa. I hope I said your last name correctly. Uh, who else? Uh, Richard Varner. Uh, those are all people that I got to meet through this. And even people that aren't famous. Jeep Jeff, uh, Wayne Moyer, uh, everybody that we we've had on i've really appreciated and you will be able to find me anytime you want just go to hooniverse i'll still waste my lunch hour commenting on all the hooniverse articles in the discus comments on hooniverse so thanks guys for 15 months and uh good luck and please let me know how i can help other than by editing all your podcasts for you (laughs) yeah it's been good thanks pete Thanks, Pete. And uh, don't forget to uh, follow us on, uh, uh, like us over on Facebook. That's where you see most of our stuff. Of course, uh, over on the Hooniverse every Tuesday for Two Wheel Tuesday. And uh, I'll try to do a good a job, do as good of a job as Pete has done of collecting images to drop in. Um, I don't know that anyone can do a good a job with Pete, but I'll, 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 I'll do see. my best. Um, and then occasionally we'll send something out on Twitter as well, but uh, Facebook is more the place. So, yeah. Uh, until uh, until we do this again, thanks everyone, and have a good day. Bye.